0: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Perth Fit Fan Podcast, where you get to hear from the best thought leaders and change makers from across the Perth fitness scene. In episode number fifty, yes, we've reached milestone number fifty. We're catching up with Kim Monteith, otherwise known as Monty, or otherwise found on Instagram as the Full Monts. Monty started personal training over nine years ago, just for a bit of extra work, but fell in love with the industry. And as a previous waffle player himself, he wanted to bring a certain energy into personal training with motivation, teamwork, enthusiasm, and stacks of fun. He refers to himself as a yes man when it comes to exercise. He's willing to give anything a go and take on any stupid challenge that's thrown his way. And he currently still plays country football, but more recently has started testing himself at endurance running, trail running, and obstacle course racing, which is how Monty and I met. And much like myself, he loves competing out-of-the-comfort-zone events like True Grit, the 24 Enduro that we did earlier in the year. And he'll be doing the True Grit coming up in October and then planning another big event for next year as he's always chasing that next obstacle. He's also a proud True Grit Ambassador, Lululemon Ambassador, and a living legend for Living WA. The Perfect Fan Podcast is brought to you by True Protein. True is unafraid to cut through the noise of an oversaturated market and break the mold to deliver authentic, all-natural products with genuine health benefits and none of the fake stuff. True have bucked the trend for expensive, overhyped, bad-tasting protein powders and supplements packed with false promises to reinvent the marketplace and create a 100% natural, delicious, quality protein with no gimmicks, nothing artificial, and a completely transparent Ingredient list. You can order True Protein online at trueprotein.com.au and get a 10% discount using the code PERFITFAM10. Or you can also go pick up True Protein from over 120 retailers across Western Australia. And if you'd like to find the one closest to you, just make sure to shoot us a message and we'll be able to help you out. That's trueprotein.com.au. And that is all. Now time to kick things off with episode number 50 with Kim Monteith, The Full Monts. At the same time, like we can compete
1: so many times and have that nervousness. Then the next time someone else is doing it, you're just relaxed and like helping them through. It's a nice feeling being support sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see you out there. So, yeah, I'll get to, I'm going to be a retired CrossFit athlete now. So, (laughs) yeah, you can come under my wing. (laughs) Yeah, so I think this is episode number 50. Nice. Oh, you're on the milestone episode. Nice. I was on uh, number
1: twenty as well for the C word. Yeah. Hitting milestones everywhere. It's great.
0: It's all happening, man. It's It's um. So for those who are tuning in, this is Monty. Can I I say your real name? Go for it, yeah. (laughs) So, Kim Monteith, (laughs) it took me months to work out his real name. So, Monty and I met when we did the Enduro for the first time. So, I've seen you on socials out and about, but we met when we did the 24-hour race in Sydney and got to race side-by-side. Yep. And, um, yeah, when we met there, like, for me, you were just such a cool dude and just such a legend of a bloke. So, ever since then, I've wanted to jump on the podcast with you and just find out more about you and what you do because, like, when I look at all the stuff going on in social media around the scene and see the people out there. I'm like, man, this guy's doing really cool stuff and I just wanted to find out more about that. Sweet. But we should let people know yep. beforehand, we're recording this at Altitude High yep. Performance and so we're in the Altitude Room at the moment. So what does that mean?
1: So yeah, I thought it'd be a cool idea to sit in here and you'll probably notice a little bit, but what that means is we're in a oxygen-reduced environment. Okay, That's the most simple way to put it, is whether you're at natural um, altitude or you're at uh, the way we do it, which is a system on the roof, which I'll go into, it means you're training it at a hypoxic environment, which is reduced oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay, So we have a system on the roof that pumps nitrogen in to this room, so yep. it's not pressurized. You won't feel any pressure in here. Um, the only thing you'll feel is just that lack of oxygen if you start to talk a long sentence or you start to do the exercise, which you'll figure out a little bit later, <laughs> is you'll feel like you're out of breath. You'll yep. feel like you're fatigued. Your intensity will just naturally be zapped just yep. purely because of that lack of oxygen into, into your lungs.
0: So the benefit of that, for, because you, you yep. deal with a lot of athletes as yeah. well as you run the classes out of here for everyday yep. people. Yep. So what's the benefit out of having a reduced oxygen room? So
1: whether, the biggest thing for altitude is that We cater for everyone. So if you want to train like athletes train... Then come in and we'll put you on a periodisation program, um, so you can get that um, professionalism to your program. Yep. Um, we have everyday people that just want to come in; they may not want to use the altitude room, and that's totally fine. But then we get the semi-professional athletes, we get professional athletes. We got a, a WD, uh, WBC uh, female boxer who comes in when she's in. I've Le- I've seen her. Yeah. Training so here. Yeah. and that's she's incredible to watch, by the way. Yeah, she really um, is unbelievable. So. But yeah, so I mean, what that means is the the benefits of altitude training is there's a lot around endurance. So training um, your lungs to that stressed environment can then, when you train outside of the altitude room, because those lungs have adapted to the lack of oxygen Mm -hmm. and under fatigue and stress, when you go and train outside of the altitude room at normal sea level, they they feel a lot easier, a lot more open. Um, So when you're training at higher intensity, You've already put them under that strain and that duress. Like when you... I suppose an example is when you relate it to uh, weightlifting. You need need to rip the muscles and and hurt the muscles to to make them grow, right? Yeah. Kind of like that with the lungs. You're putting it under stress and fatigue and hardship um, consistently. So when you come outside the room, all of a sudden you're feeling, you know, three, four times clearer and better when you're... Especially with running and cycling and these sorts of things. Yeah. So...
0: So it's like a forcing adaptation. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it it has, there's a lot of um, uh, research behind the the way that the oxygen is carried. So carrying capabilities through the body and the adaptations that the body has through that lack of oxygen. Um, In turn, it can produce more oxygen going into the exercising muscles. Okay. So yeah, there's there's a lot of science behind it without going too deep into technical things. But yep. yeah, it's pretty fascinating the research on it, and and continues to be research on it, and it, it's it's ongoing. So
0: yeah, it's um, it's pretty epic, and this was the first major one in WA, and I know it attracted a lot of um, high performance people. I haven't trained in it yet. Yeah. Um, but it'll be cool to see like the impact on what it has versus your normal training. But you've done a lot of endurance stuff as well, which I want to delve into, but just to answer like really simply... How much has, like specifically running, trail running, yep. obstacle course racing, which we'll go into, how much has been able to train in an environment like this? How much do you think that impacts your training or your performance? It's
1: kind of really crazy timing. When I started at Altitude, I was still playing football and I hadn't really ventured into the whole running scene. I'd done a lot of running with football, but I hadn't, you know, done a lot of these trail races and endurance um, races and, and true grit and things like this. So... Um, it's helped me immensely. I, I remember going out, and for me, a 10K run w- was a big run. Mm. Um, and I remember dreading a 10K run. Um, even, even you know, up until a couple of years ago, a 10K run for me would be a once every, you know, probably month, once every couple of months outside footy season. Yep. And I'd, I'd find it, you know, pretty difficult. Um, it's still 10Ks. It's pretty hard. Um, but then I started training in the altitude room. I started running on the skill mill. And obviously the intensity... Wasn't as high. So I, I taught myself to, to slow it down. Yep. So naturally in here, your intensity will just drop. You, you okay. cannot perform at a high intensity at low oxygen. It, it's just, it, it doesn't fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, because yep. you're, you're breathing, you're so gassed that it's hard to, to sustain that high intensity. So I started backing my running off and covering more distance. And by doing that in here, when I ran outside, I felt unbelievable. I yep. started clicking over 10Ks and feeling... A lot stronger, yep. and of course, there's some there's some um, correlation there between how much I was running, so I was bumping my running up as well, and naturally, you're going to get better at something if you keep training it.
0: 100. percent.
1: But yeah, uh, uh, being an asthmatic as well. Um, I didn't know you were asthmatic. So yeah, I, I had uh, asthma uh, quite bad as a kid, um, yep. and I started growing out of it and growing out of it. There's still some triggers like cold weather and and you know dust and things like that that will trigger it. But uh, being asthmatic. Um, I relate altitude training similar to like that of swimming. Mm-hmm. Swimming's always been recommended for asthmatics because you're holding your breath, yep. you're you're stroking, you're putting those lungs under duress without oxygen. Mm-hmm. You come back up, you take a breath, okay, and you're constantly doing that repetitively. Um, similar to in here, you've got yeah. lack of lack of oxygen. It's low. It, it's you're finding it hard. So when you go out there, my my breathing really improved. Yep. So my running, my breathing was fantastic. And then naturally, I felt like I was getting stronger and stronger with my running. So that's when I started going into more... Because <clears throat> I never considered myself as a long-distance runner by any means. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> if there wasn't a footy in front of me, yeah. nah, forget it. Yep. Um, so yeah, the last couple of years has been... Well, really, the last, this time last year, I did my first true event and you then did. started running. That spins me out that that was your first event. Yeah. So And then it just sort of grew and fell in love with that and... Um, because I'd always put off those events from getting injured and doing something stupid which cuz of footy.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: you know, and you know, doing something silly in a true good event or <laughs> or you know, something that I'm probably inclined And you're to.
0: guaranteed to bleed.
1: <laughs> guaranteed I, to bleed. I yeah, I don't
0: think I've ever done an obstacle course race where yeah. I haven't um cut myself you haven't somewhere. Done it, you haven't done it right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um even after the first one, it was a 7k race, it was really impromptu um whilst we were doing some filming in Bright and i jumped in never done it and i remember getting to the end i'm like man i haven't been this cut up since i was a kid but there was something about it where you felt like alive yeah and like being out and like doing this cool stuff and the combination of obstacles and running and it was like man that was a wicked experience yeah
1: Oh, it's great the 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 highs that you get after that race is so good and and the community as well it's that yeah it's yeah it's great it's awesome
0: so tell us about your footy like i knew you were a footy boy but what level were you at yep Um, so you were you were playing like do you still play now
1: uh, so we've wrapped up this season, but yeah, currently uh, up in the air whether I'm going to go again next year. But okay. yeah, I've been playing country footy for the last few years. But yep. used to play um, at East Fremantle in the Waffle. Okay, yep. um, So played there for many years. Uh, grew up in East Fremantle, East Fremantle Boy, um, and, and went through the system there in Colts and Rezies and played uh, quite a few league games down there. Uh, loved my time at East Fremantle. Um Had a brief stint at East Perth as well. Okay. And then ran into a little bit of lower back injury and things like that. And then went back to a few years into the amateurs system, just up in Metro with North Fremantle. Yep. Um, and then, um, yeah, I was sort of up in the air whether I continued with footy or not. And I thought, oh, I might go and do some, oh, run some marathons or do some triathlons. <laughs> that lasted like three weeks, and I missed the boys too much and, yeah. the, and the training and, okay. the, and the team environment. Yep. And went back, and someone said, "You got to." I think it was my brother. He said, "You can't retire from footy until you try country footy." So, okay. I went and tried country footy and never looked back. I just fell in love with it. Um, How long have you been doing that for? Four years.
0: Yeah. So, where do we stay? Where's Tamika from? Um, Bridgetown? Bridgetown. Yeah. Yep. So, it was because um, our friends live out in the country and we yep. went and stayed with them and they were telling me it gets so passionate down yep. there. Like when it comes to country, yep. like football, country sports, it's yep. crazy. It is.
1: It. it uh, you can imagine. Um, all the cars around the Oval, mm-hmm. all, the, all the horns beeping. But for, for, for these guys in the community, they're all they're mainly all farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, where I play, Mount Barker, so we're four and a half hours. I'm in the Albany League. We play the Albany teams, Denmark, Mount Barker. It's not a huge town. You know, drive through, blink and you'll miss it. So they're all farmers and the weekend sport, footy, and, and I think they play hockey down at the clubs down there as well. That's their weekend. They all get together. They all come out. That's a great weekend where they all see each other. And then for us traveling down, there's about seven Perth boys that would travel down yep. on a little uh, Mount Barker 13-seater bus. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty close group. We've known each other for a long time. So it was a really good group. And, um, you know, they appreciate how far we come uh, to, yeah. to play down there. And they treat us like absolute royalty. We have dinner down there. We stay back for the presentations. We don't go in. We don't leave straight away. But, yeah, footy's been footy's been awesome down there. Um and uh, yeah, country is totally different to up here. It really is, and have loved it. Absolutely loved it.
0: Um, so from a professional point of view, um, with training, because you you um you're a trainer uh, at altitude, yep. so that's that's what you do. But when did you get into PT? From an industry side, when did you get into the fitness industry side of stuff?
1: Yeah, started um probably about seven seven or eight years ago. probably yep. a little bit more now, and I was just um. I had a full-time job as well, and I was doing PT as a bit of part-time work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I started doing it, I was like, this is so for me. Um, you know, just building that rapport with clients, seeing seeing the changes that you could actually make and the impact you could have. Um, not both just, obviously, physically on people, but mentally as well. Massive, and just Just yeah. getting that... Um, you know, everyone has bad weeks, bad days and that that's a lot of their output is to go to a gym and get, you know, ha- have a lot of fun and, and leave and just go, that's their break for the day. And yeah. I, I loved being a part of that. And at the same time, I was getting up earlier. I was... I reckon you can relate to that if you set your alarm for 5 a.m. to go for a run, it's so easy to go, absolutely not, I'm sleeping in. Next thing you know, it's 8 o'clock and you've woken up, you're like, crap, I've missed my run.
0: So can I tell you a little <laughs> bit of a secret about me? Please. I don't I, I don't set an alarm. I, yep. I haven't for, I don't know how many years. I'm probably... So probably about yep. eleven years or so. I don't. I, I've got this weird body clock. Yep. i li- I'll wake up at four a.m. or five a.m. Every time, just like every time, yep. without fail. Yep. It's a bizarre thing, but yeah, yep. I, I understand the. Yeah, if you said, I, I day sleep though. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got a similar body clock as well, but because because i've got a client i just have you to, have to. <laughs> i just yeah. have to um but yeah you might get that one every so often where i sleep <laughs> i hear it go off but generally i'll wake up at yeah save my alarms at five i'll wake up at four forty-four, and i'm like turn my alarm off and get up
0: yeah um yep, yep, yep. but yeah it's
1: funny because you always you you'll uh, well generally I do I'll, I'll always put my client in front of me so I'm never going to miss that session I'm always going to be up early I'm going to be here but if you it have was my to. alarm for me to go for a run I'll be like oh I'll just go later yep. do you know what I mean so um, so yeah th- it was It was in that regard it was good um, having that routine and getting up so then you know if you've got two or three clients and then you've got a gap well you're not going to sit around and do nothing you're going to train yeah. so it was better for me as well because I was becoming more active and more uh, disciplined mm-hmm. in that I would want to train more because as a PT, when you come to the gym and you train clients, you're just getting itchy because you want to train as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll ask them to join you, but you can't wait for your break as well. I'm like, right, I'm going to smash that program that I just took them through, and I'm going I'm to feel that pain that I just made them go through as well. Because awesome. otherwise, you're not practicing what you preach, are you? So.
0: Whereabouts were you training out of? Uh,
1: so I, st- I started down at uh, Fitness Results down at Alfred Cove, just an oh, independent gym. yes, yes, yes. So I played footy with um, Brenton down there and, and a good mate of mine, Ryan Cook, uh, a couple of the boys. So yep. footy boys, they've been there for a long time. Did a lot of work with them. Um, great little gym down there as well. Um, so, yeah, um, started there and then had a, had a break from PTing. I just okay. had a break and, um, and then took some time off and then, yeah, sort of um, came here as a client to start with because I yep. sort of love that sort of professional um, you know, concept and, and the way we do it here. Um, yeah. so there's, there's gyms that are, uh, you know, really social about things and, you know, go in and do a workout, be happy, have a sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that as well, but we've also got that professionalism side as well to, you know, if you've haven't seen those changes mm-hmm. come here and you will see the changes because this is why, and this is what we've got you on and here's why we're doing it.
0: I think um, also being coming from that the like, high performance athlete background, it would have been really attractive for you to be able to train under like a high performance sort of environment. Oh, as Oh, awesome! Well. Yeah, that's and like having the technology here, like the the watt bikes that yeah. I, you know I'm looking at. There's there's really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, it's this place is decked out with serious equipment, and yeah. it's all top notch stuff. And I think um, I think. People that know, you know, uh, have been in that sort of environment, they walk in and go, you know, they haven't, you know, they've gone all out with this sort of stuff. You have a look at this room and the system and and the work that's gone into putting this place together is, um, yeah, it's phenomenal.
0: Um, Going back to footy, just out of curiosity and a completely random one. Did you, do you know Brent Hall? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yep. sweet. I, I was going to say, you have to because he's yep. a free-o boy. That was so, a footy boy. So
1: Brent, where I played footy, Brent was started his CrossFit back in the day on that oval in the little gym there. That's why I asked because yeah, I yeah, thought yeah.
0: that that's where he started it and yep. I thought there must be a connection yep. there. And
1: then I on I made the silly mistake of going over to Brent on an off training night and saying, mate, I want to work on some extra stuff to get fitter. Next thing you know, I'm doing you know a thousand deadlifts in you know ten minutes, um, <laughs> sledding life. a sled across the oval to the river, and yeah, you know what Brent's like he's uh, yeah he doesn't hold back. So yeah, that's when I had my brief stint of CrossFit, um, which I enjoyed, but uh, couldn't do it in football. It was just an absolute nightmare. Couldn't sustain doing CrossFit while playing footy. Yeah, no, nah, no
0: go. Um, so with your training now, this is this is one thing I wanted to know for me mm. because you're doing a lot of obstacle course racing now. Um, and from what i can see that that's kind of your jam that's what yep. that's that's what you like so how do you train for that do you lift a lot of weights? cuz i know the web shared some content mm-hmm. and um you've seen some of my workouts where they tend to be more cross bit a bit heavier Yep. but what do you do like what's it, what's a training week like for you
1: yeah so i think i think for me you know when we mentioned obstacle course racing i always wanted to find something to go into after footy and okay. footy's either at the end of very close i haven't figured that out for next year yet um and i wasn't just going to be a runner like a road runner to me i I needed more than that Mm -hmm. um so yeah obstacle gracing was the perfect fit it was a little bit of strength cardio uh, endurance speed agility it had a little bit of everything which was like uh, this is me when i did it last year i was like i found what i need to do
0: you get the bug hey
1: oh big time big time um so so, my typical week um, has changed a lot in the last 12 months, but I probably have a more of a focus now in running. Um, because I've never been a natural, good long-distance runner, I've been more the anaerobic, short, sharp, quick, and sprinting, and repeat efforts, and football-based style. So, my typical week now is covering a lot of Ks. Yep. Um, I've done a lot of strength work in the past, so... If I can maintain my strength work, that's fine, but I am certainly gave up the dream of being nice, big, and strong (laughs) a long time ago because when you're naturally born like a twig, it's not going to happen. So I'm sort of finding that I'm going back to my natural body weight now, which is a lot slimmer and still being strong, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, focusing on getting my running up because obstacle course races and true grit and these sorts of races – You've got to run between every obstacle. The, it's
0: a running game. It's a,
1: it is a running game, and you look at especially the WA courses. Mm. It, they're runners' courses. Yep. Lots of hills, lots of running, lots of ground to cover. Um, so for me, it's about building up my running as best as possible. But um, the training I do for weights, I'll, I'll have you know two strength days a week, mm. and then I'll have some other days where I'll just throw in a heap of body weight stuff and some grip training. Yep. Um, and and. St- with within my running, I'm now doing a lot a lot of stair running and heels. Okay. So at least once a week, I have to be doing heels and stairs, and I've found yep. huge improvements with my running. That's
0: the thing. Like yep. you have to because when you're doing the obstacle, even the trail runs. Yep. Um, have you you've done per trial? Yes. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep. So even when you're doing that. That's the difference is it's not flat or it's not just rocky. You're literally going up and and down. down. Running downhill is a skill, which I'm really not good at. Um, But running uphill is a skill as well. And if your body's not used to having that lactate threshold of going up a hill, then yeah, from a racing point of view... You're going to be left behind.
1: Yeah, I I think I made the mistake at one of my first uh, per series races, the Swiss Murdy, which is very, very hilly. Um, I think it's 14 Ks and it's just up and down. Where was that? Uh, Les Murdy.
0: Is that where we went? No, no, no. We went to Bells Rapids. Bells Rapids, yeah. yeah. So this
1: one was, I think, late last year. And. I did the typical, oh, I'll go there and just, you know, just enjoy a nice run. I think I say that before every single run I do. And yeah, then I it sounds don't, like the Brendo method. Yeah, don't do that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so went in there and I just started attacking these hills. I find it hard to try and run slow up a hill. I just kind of want to get it done and get it over with. Yeah. So anyway, I was, you know, doing really well in the run and I was going past these people up the hill. And I was like, you know, a bit of a smirk on my face, yeah, like suckers. I've got them. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like a quarter of the way up the hill and I'm gone, like yeah. <laughs> gassed. And the next thing you know, they're like power walking up. And I was like, you can't walk in a running race. Yeah. And it was like, no, that's a lot of the technique is you walk, jog, walk, jog. Yep. It's where you gain that time back is when you sprint down the hills. But yep. by the time I got to the top, I'd put so much effort in, I was gassed. Yes. So I learned a lot from that. It's slow grind up. Fast down! Oh, so. massively!
0: It, it's such. But when you when you go in and you want to compete, yeah, it's hard not to go. The first right. time I did an obstacle course race, I was like, it's the same reaction. I was like why are people walking up a hill you pussies Yeah, and then I realised but I, I kind of was like okay just copy what they do because they've got all the gear and it looks like they've done yep. this before Yeah. and I was like oh I get it you don't want to blow out and then like yeah be ruined for the rest of the race yes, exactly um, with your, before we move on from training with your weights training days yep. what sort of rep ranges do you do yeah so um, it does alter I, if if I
1: don't have an event for a while I'll start to um, I might do a, a period block where I'm doing strength endurance so I'll I might, you know, go up 15 to 20 reps and do yeah. some lighter weights and really put that strength endurance in my legs. Yep. Now that I have up the running, I probably won't do as much as that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably try and stick to um, – if I am running a lot, I'll probably try and keep the reps quite low and try and go a little bit heavier because if you are doing more reps, you're going to probably pull up sore. Um, you're going to have
0: DOMS for sure. Yep. Yeah. So
1: I'll probably keep the rep range to probably six to eights okay. um, and, and work on some some, you know, decent sort of weight. But, yep. yeah, I – I probably and and like footy season. I, I really back off a lot of the leg weights during footy season because you're doing enough running, you're doing enough physical work on the legs that if I'm trying to throw in back squats and deadlifts and stuff, probably just going to be playing catch up with my soreness. Yes. Um, but now I can start to do that without footy because footy just takes so much of a toll, especially sitting on a bus for nine hours in
0: one day. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Hey? Yep. Yeah. Plus a game. <laughs> so Yeah. It, it, just mentally, just yep. mentally as well, going yep. backwards and forwards. Hi guys, just a short break in the episode to let you know about something we've been cooking up at Perth Fit Fam HQ. So over the past three years of meeting with hundreds of gym owners and personal trainers, the main problem we've found when asking the owners, what's the biggest issue you have in your business, that over 85% of people always say social media or marketing. So they're great trainers or coaches. They love what they do. They have an amazing product or service, but they just don't know how to properly use social media to market their business. So what we've done is we've created a range of short courses to share the skills and knowledge that we learned over the past few years of growing Perth Fit Fam through social media. And we help teach the PTs and gym owners how to use social media to effectively grow their business too. So if you're a personal trainer or a gym owner or someone who simply wants to improve their social media game, then you can find the links to our courses on perthfitfam.com.au or simply get in contact with us to find out more information and we will be happy to help you out with that but that's enough for the break and time to get back into the episode um can i sell you on the brendo method just max out every single session just max out just I, I have watched a lot of these
1: a lot of these <laughs> sessions yeah it's sort of walk in and like you're in two minds next thing next quintu- <laughs> you know you're just like
0: busting in <laughs> those like, sexy shorts of yours <laughs> oh i love it like, don't do it <laughs> don't do it uh one thing i did find though like prepping up for the powerlifting lifting comp- going from um, like us doing enduro, yep. to then prepping up to a powerlifting comp and then trying to run. Yeah. Yeah, you do notice it. Oh, big time. Big yeah. time.
1: You just don't feel that nice flow and technique at all. You, you just, feel like an elephant. Yeah, you feel like your whole torso is just turning with your arm strides. Like, yeah it's, yeah, it's very different.
0: Yeah, it's not ideal. So now it's um now it's time to ease back into running and get ready for true grip, which I think is Oh, it's like three weeks away. It's not far,
1: yeah. And the, the difference that I found, like when I, because I absolutely love doing weights, and especially you know when you start to build up the upper body, the difference for me and in one or one and a half, two kilos in in some muscle to my running mm. is everything. So yep. I've dropped it back down again now and done a lot more running, and I'm just running so much more freely. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not going to hit the those top numbers with my strength, but as long as I can maintain some good strength, then it's fine. It's not the end goal. No, that's right. The obstacles are very achievable. Yes. The obstacles aren't what uh, people should really... um they shouldn't be training just for those obstacles. You need a little bit of technique training to get over certain things. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 the running in between and the, and the intensity
0: that you're going to feel after you stop, th- go over a ladder, and then run again. Repeat effort stuff. So. 100%. So, so I know you've been to Ninja Academy. Yep. Um, so, I know quite a few of the ninjas, and yep. I know that a few of them are looking to do uh, True Grit. Um, one of them is a good runner, which is going to be great. But yeah, I like how to explain. You're going to be good at the obstacles. That's not a problem. But yep. an obstacle an obstacle can be less than a second. Yeah. And that's counted as yep. one obstacle. That's exactly. not going to make a difference. Nah. Unless like literally you cannot do a rope climb or yep. you cannot get up a nine foot wall or something. Yeah, correct. Um, in Spartan, they obviously have the spear throw, which is a skill. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But in true grit, you don't have that. So the obstacles are such a short component of it. Um, now, going to enduro. Yep. Let's share the stories, because we only <laughs> met then. I'd seen you line, but we only just met then. Yep. So what made you do it? And and for people that didn't catch on, enduro is the 24-hour race where you basically AMRAP for 24 hours and, yeah, hope for the best. So what made you do it? Because you only just did True Grit.
1: That's right. So last year, True Grit first event was October. Yep. And I remember uh, Shannon Daly um, came into the gym as part of an ambassador, came and dropped some stuff in. And I'd already looked ahead, I hadn't even done True Grit first in WA and I'd already looked ahead and heard about this 24 hour race and I just looked at it and was like oh wow that looks insane and I was like I want it, I want to do it and I was like right two year plan, let's be honest, two year plan, Um, figure out what I'm doing with footy but I'll start to train and as I said I hadn't done any long distance running at all, Um, Shannon's like nah. Just just do it. You can do it. You're very capable. You know what he's like. Just, yes. Yeah, just get it done. I was like,
0: yeah, so the same to me. Yeah, so I was
1: like, <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> so I did True Grit and I think a day or two after True Grit, I ran like a 15K run. I was like, right, I'm hooked. I'm getting ready for True Grit Enduro. So the two-year plan went right out the window and um, yeah, set myself for, for June Enduro and just trained and trained for
0: it and couldn't wait to do it. Um, so the reason because I did enduro and the reason why I did it was I, I had done a few obstacle course races and sa- same thing like we said it a few times already but I did it and I was hooked yep. and it was like it was the mix of competition that you get from CrossFit but um, it, it was the running and the being out in nature and yep. um, there was just something like primal about it and I went that's epic yeah. Um, So, my birthday was on the 9th of June. Yeah. And so, we did the race from the 8th to the 9th. And I thought, man, what a way to spend your birthday going through this 24-hour race. So, I was sold. and I'm like, I've got to go over there. And I wanted to do something extreme. But I didn't train... Um, you guys train intensely for it whereas I did my Brendo method yep. YOLO thing where I thought okay I'm going to have a base with CrossFit I know a lot of it's going to be mental yep. um, as I get through and I probably only ran about one and a half times a week for an hour and yep. I think I did two 20k runs yep. um, I that's definitely not like my powerlifting prep that's definitely not the ideal way of doing it yep. I banked off some of my you know, um, CrossFit ability, yep. I guess. Yep. Um, but you guys trained like vigorously for the event leading in. So, what did you do? Because you guys spent a lot of time out in the hills.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, it, for me, it was good training because I needed to build that base for mm-hmm. a running. I, I, I felt like I was fairly fit, but I needed to build that endurance running, which I had never done. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, I don't think I'd run other than Trugit, which was only ten k. I probably the furthest I'd ever run in one sitting was 15Ks, because footy's all just repeating effort. It's all 1Ks, all 400s. It's all just, you know, yep. short, sharp. So we, um, yeah, sort of started putting a bit of plan together, and then Shannon and I started teaming up with a lot of running. But I think we are sort of averaging about 60, 70Ks a week for a few months there from sort of... March through to, what was it, March, April, May, I reckon. Yeah. And then we, we tape it off. But, yeah, it was a lot of running. But, yeah, we spent a lot of time in the hills. Um, any trail, per trail series race we could do, I, I jumped on because that's when I'd done my first one of those as well. So the bloated goat, which is like 33K, yep. uh, 30K or 33K, jumped into that. And that was, that was a real good tester for where I was at. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was, um, you know, why, you talk about why we would do it. it I've watched so many of my mates and helped out with so many mates do like a Rodo swim or do like a triathlon or whatever and done all this. I just hadn't found what I wanted to do yet. Mm. And then when Enduro came up and I did True Grid, I was like, that's that's my one. The 24-hour, yep. that's my test. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of running. Um, kept strength work up. And then coming down here in the altitude room was cool as well because we'd set up, We'd you know, if it was Sunday afternoon when the gym was closed, I'd come in. And we just set up like, right, three hours. We're just going to train in the altitude room. Mm-hmm. It's going to be lower intensity and we're just going to grind. We're just yep. going to grind away with rowers and bikes and cycling and um, strength aspects into it as well. A little CrossFit workouts as well and just absolutely dripping with sweat. <laughs> you know, like just changing it up, changing all my training up. Anything I yep. could get my hands on with my training, I was just doing it because I was like, let's just train for it. The, we did a cool Anzac Day overnight walk. I don't know if I told you about that one. We... No, I don't think so. Um, so a friend of mine, Adam, down at Boom Fitness in East Ramanal.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Adam sort of, Parker.
1: Adam Parker. A mate yep. of mine, Martin. Oh, Marty. Obviously, <laughs> Marty, knows, the Marty the tattooist. Marty a tattooist, and <laughs> um, and Adam's mate Keegs. Um, we got together and we we formed an idea of doing the ANZAC Day River Walk. Okay. So we started down at Boom Fitness. We got a whole heap of our mates and and people together. Just a free walk to overnight, which was 25Ks. Yep. Chuck on a weight vest, chuck on anything you want, and we'll walk all the way to Kings Park from East Frio, around the river, through sand and water and stuff, and then be there for the sunrise and stuff. And it was such a cool event.
0: That's cool. But
1: I used that day as well as a training day. So woke up, uh, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. I think I did a small run. Yep. Midday, I did a swim. Yep. Afternoon, I did something. And then by nighttime, I was sitting on the bed, and I was uh, sitting on the couch and it was like, you're waiting for midnight because that's when you start the walk. Yep. And it's all mental. So you're sitting there watching TV and you're sat on the couch. I started getting really tired. Like, this is almost bedtime, like yeah. 9.30, 10 o'clock. I was like, right, get up, go to the gym. Let's go. I'm going to go do a workout. Yep. So it was like my third workout for the day or something. Come down here, did a weight session with Marty. Yep. And then went straight to East Frio. And then we started our walk. So anywhere that I could sort of try and replicate. I mean, how do you replicate a 24-hour event, right? It's, it's kind of yeah. hard without like the whole atmosphere and buzz around it. Yep. So I used that as a 24-hour event. So we did the walk, took all night, day, beautiful ceremony. It was, it was a really cool feeling. Yep. Uh, I think we had about uh, 60 people join us for Do it. Do the walk? Do the walk, yeah. That's it-
0: I can't believe I didn't hear about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: mate, next year you gotta, you got to come along. That's insane. Yeah, it was so cool. Yep. Um, and we didn't really promote it overly hard. It was just word of mouth, a little Facebook event. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was, I've got some cool footage of it. But um, yeah, so treated that as a, as a training run. You know, yeah. and then by, you know, when we got back to the gym and had something to eat, it was, I don't know, 9, 10 a.m. And I was just smashed. Just dead. <laughs> that was it. So can yeah, you was...
0: please remind me to get footage of that? Yeah, I want yeah. to share that. That's, yeah. that's, that's wicked, hey? Yeah,
1: and it was obviously, you know, it was it was, um, it was really cool to do that. And we talked about the Anzacs and we, you know, came together. And it was really cool.
0: Um, now, also speaking about cool causes, you raised over $16,000.
1: Yeah, raised a heap of money for Autism Awareness Australia. Yep. So just within the training um, for True Grit, I, I think I think I was a couple of months in, I bought my ticket and I was like, it's very real now. Yeah. And I think I had five months or six, five maybe five or six months. I thought, oh, for a couple of reasons, I might do something really cool a, a friend of mine had done recently done a, a fundraising and i thought what a great idea um to i hadn't really done a big giving back sort of thing in my you know career of, of sort of being a pt and stuff so yeah i was like right let's do that i uh, was turn that off and um so yeah i picked autism awareness australia because my son um has autism and yep. he's he's um High functioning um, on the spectrum, which means he's he's really good at what he puts his mind to, and he's got a great attention to detail. But he has some sensory um, things that he struggles with, um, with noise and, and different things, and, and I suppose the attention throughout the day and Wouldn't concentration. Would you say like
0: sensory? Yep. What like like what do you mean by sensory? So uh,
1: some kids that struggle with sensory is could be. Um, could be really loud noises. It could be um, like you know, if I took him to a footy game, I'd probably take some earmuffs, okay? Because the the, the just the sheer noise can really throw them off.
0: And that um, that upsets them?
1: Heightens their because they've got heightened senses. Sometimes they it does it upsets them. They feel really uncomfortable and pretty much go into a shell. Okay. And, and you need to really comfort them. Um, yeah. that's why. Um, Look, there, there's many different. Um, Way, oh, not ways, but there's very different, um, you know, spectrums and where they're on. But shopping centres is a big trigger for some as well, like going through the lights and and the noise and the speakers and things like that. So, yeah, there's some really interesting. um, They do it on uh, the internet. There's some really things that you can actually see through the eyes of an autistic child. Okay. When you're actually going into a shopping centre and you look at it, it's hard to watch. Okay. Because it's all fuzzy and there's things happening everywhere. So, yeah, so. Um, so there's things that he does struggle with, but he's, you know, there's things that he excels at as well. Being autistic is phenomenal, um, the way his brain works, but his brain is, just, is always active. It's always on. So you know, getting, getting to sleep takes a long time because um, his brain's just working overtime. So to put myself in an uncomfortable situation was to do a 24-hour race. It's like, right, just do something that you haven't done before, get out of my comfort zone. He has to be out of his comfort zone with lots of things. School for him and, and changes in his classroom can be uncomfortable. Little tiny things that we just walk through in every day of life are really hard for him. Yeah. So it's, I just wanted to put myself in a situation where I wanted to be tested in something that I know I'm going to be uncomfortable with. You, know, you tell everyone that you did a 24-hour race, they'd just be like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. and that's what I wanted. Um, so yeah, we, uh, and the other side of it was to be accountable. So the fundraising was, you can't back out. You you can't pull out of it. You can't not train because now people are watching. So I started fundraising and all my mates were so incredible. They just jumped on straight away and just were like, bang, 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 250 bucks. And they set the scene early for donations. And there were no donations like under $50. It was amazing. Like it just kept going and going and going. I'd do a workout and post... Something And then the next thing after would be someone's donation. I'd just give them a shout-out and tag them in it. And then it just started growing and growing, and it just got bigger and bigger. So my original target was my son was six, so I was like, six grand would be great. Mm-hmm. Next thing I you know, we hit six grand in a couple of months. And I was like, oh, we'll go to eight. Next thing, it just kept going and going and going. And then the training and the running and all my um, stuff I was doing that I was just – putting on social media it just kept growing and i kept tagging it and stuff it was it was it just flowed it just worked really cool yeah um and then yeah we had a bit of fun with it you know towards <laughs> <laughs> you did <laughs> towards the um towards the end of it we uh, i think shan and i had come up with the idea actually shan shan mentioned he goes what are you up to and i think my target then was like oh i'd love to hit 12 grand i was sitting at 11 grand the week before flying out yep he goes let's 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 do something stupid like um uh, if we raise a thousand bucks, we'll do lap two in Lululemon uh, <laughs> women's size six shorts. Yep. I was like, "Yeah, sweet. I'm keen. I'm, I'm always keen for a stupid idea." yeah um, Yeah, we raised a thousand bucks in twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, okay, that was became real, very real. So I went and saw my uh, lovely team down at uh, Lululemon Applecross, and they decked us out with lululemon shorts and it was beautiful
0: and actually i just realized because i have a lot of footage of the day and i got videos of you boys in your lulu yeah so i know what the promo for the clip is gonna be bang this is wicked this is all (laughs) it's all shaping up nicely
1: so um yeah so you know it was pretty cold over there as you know lap two let's just get in you know women's booty shorts and you know what it turned all the heads but it was all for all the right reasons we chucked on the autism awareness on the Black texter Marty decked us out with the with the graffiti on the backs, and um, yep. it was great actually. That lap, I I actually met three people. I don't know if I told you this. It, no. I met three people on that particular lap who go who sort of stopped me, and uh, I didn't care about the time and the race and stuff. I was happy to chat with them. They're like, "How much have you raised?" And I said, "It oh my my." sister's son has autism thank you so much and another person was like my brother has autism blah 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 thanks so much how much you raised and they were staggering and I was like you know what that's that's all I needed and and that was so cool and um there was and then on the flip side there was all these like you know serious races and 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 guys that were running around giving me the uh double look like what the hell is this (laughs) guy doing (laughs) literally the booty shorts and like the uh the belt with my water and stuff and just nothing else and I uh, remember remember a couple of comments like the cameraman must have seen Shan because he was in the first wave go yes. past, and they're like, "Oh my God, here comes another one!" You know, like with yeah. the <laughs> with the underwear on. So yeah, it was, it was very funny, but. Couple of other little things with the the handlebar mustache and the and the autism right. tattoo that I ended up getting as well.
0: Oh, so, yeah, yeah.
1: Autism awareness uh, tattoo that That's cool. I fulfilled. I, I promised them that I'd was do like that.
0: an additional.
1: Yeah, so that was like another thing. I was like, oh, let's just see how far we can go with this. Like, yep. I'll do all these things, and on the day there was another anonymous donation of like five hundred bucks, and cool. just kept going and going. And I was yeah, seriously blown away. So I went through with everything and I said I would. And, uh, yeah, it was something like, yeah, 15, 16 grand raised and um, the Autism in Australia were great and good support. And, um, yeah, it felt great to just to be able to do something
0: like that. It's an um, awesome way of, like, utilising your platform or something that you're doing to be able to generate so much. So I thought I thought it was really cool and I got to see it all in action yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, the, the um, foundation... Um, thought I was bluffing when I said I was going to get an autism awareness tattoo and yeah. I sent them photos of me and Marty and getting it done Yeah, and they were like okay we've never seen that before that's, a, <laughs> that's definitely a first so I was like well if that's a first I'm happy so that's cool. Yeah, that was good
0: I thought it was wicked now coming to the end of Enduro um, and, and putting yourself in that in the 24 hours and everything that it takes to get there what did you find out about yourself or, or what did you come away from
1: yeah it was really fulfilling I, I sort of kind of got what I wanted from it. Mm. I I was definitely tested um, in more ways than one. I, I think I was I was absolutely cruising through the first four laps. And I, in fact, I probably went too fast. Um, and it was like that race mentality that we talk about with, per trail series. Once I got going, I think my first break was like two minutes after my first lap. I literally sculled something, ate something, and I felt like I was like, and I just had to tell myself after lap two, it was like, slow down. Yeah. You've got 24 hours of this. You, you're not here to, you know, go as fast as you can. It's, you know, it's a duration to get through. So, um, but yeah, I, I think as that, that period you talk about between 2am and 5am and that, that hard slog, my, my knee had blown up. My feet were killing me. I, I made the silly mistake of buying a new pair of uh, trail shoes. Cause I, I panicked and I, I wasn't happy with a couple of the other shoes. And, I bought a new pair of shoes that I'd only ever done 10Ks run in, mm-hmm. and I think that came back to bite me. My feet were absolutely killing me. I changed for a couple of different laps and just couldn't find a good fit, so I put them back on. But um, yeah, got to, I think I'd, uh, that that last lap uh, when the sun was coming up was at its coldest. It was absolutely freezing out there There was
0: mist everywhere (sighs) it was icicles it was so
1: cold and then you go through obviously the the p-dam and you know neck deep and just frozen i didn't take enough probably warmth out with me on that one and i was really struggling i I, i'd I'd met up with some other guy who was just walking and by that stage i was walking as well because my knees were shot everything was shot and i really questioned if i could get through that that lap Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it was lap Lap nine, what did you do, ten laps?
0: Uh, no, I did nine. That nine. was, one of so it was my that eighth lap. That would have been your It was, your eighth, it was yeah. my
1: eighth lap. And I was shaking uncontrollably, and I couldn't run on my knee to save myself, but I had to because I was too cold. Yeah. So every fire pit at every uh, obstacle, I was just thinking, get to the next one, because I had to warm up. Yep. The guy next to me said, mate, it's not worth it. Like, if He could see how bad I was shaking, and I thought about quitting that whole lap. I wanted to quit that whole lap. And and I thought, but if I quit, I'm going to get a DNF. I'm going to get a do not finish. And I was like, I cannot do that. Mm. I said, I've got too many people that are watching me, too many people that have donated. Mm. I refuse to quit. I will get through this. And stage by stage, hour by hour, that, that last lap took me like friggin' three or four hours. I can't remember. It was a long lap. I've never been, I reckon that's the closest I've been to being like hypothermic. Like, oh, I was frozen. Another guy had bailed out before me and there was a truck there to take him back. And I looked at it and I was like, I could get on. But I, um, yeah, I dug deep and I found out a lot about myself and, and pushed through. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. Because that's what I thought of. Like, when I wanted to quit, I was like, this is what I'm here for. This is exactly what I'm here for because this is the pain I have never experienced. And, uh, I got through that lap, and that's a f- other than the start line. That's the first time we saw each other for the for whole race. Hours. Yeah, and we started
0: it. We started it at the same time. Yeah, and, and I think it, it. was.
1: A, I think there was a few hours left to go, and you said, "Let's let's do one more lap." And in my in my head, and this is what pleased me. In my head, I was like, "I want to so bad," but trying to get over that wall and that pain I was in. I, I remember sitting down and going. I want to do one more lap. And I think we had time to walk it pretty slowly and take I our time. I walked it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I think I sat down and went to get up and my knee was gone and everything was gone. And I just physically couldn't. I mm. just, and I know we spoke about this as well, that you look back and go, could I have done one more? And I know I couldn't have. And I know I look back and I'm happy the fact that I couldn't have. My mind was there and I'd been tested and I wanted to, but I just couldn't have. Like my body was just gone.
0: It's so true. Like even because um, I I did that extra lap, I walked it. I, I treated that like my victory lap because yep. I knew I had hit my goal. My goal was 100Ks. Yep. I was going to make 104. There was plenty of time. Um, same as you, both knees were shot. I couldn't run anymore. No. Even coming on and off the obstacles, both knees were shot. I could tell my feet were bleeding, but I just refused to look. Um, talking about like going through p Dam was like... Um, uh, Chase, like chafe, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it feels like you got a knife going into like yep. your crutch, yeah. Um, and I was lucky that I think Shannon had pulled out, yep. so I was able to get an extra coat, um, an extra layer from him, yeah, um, up top. Um, I already had gloves, so that was okay, but I had support from the team that yeah. were there, and that's what separate that's what helped me get through, yeah. Um, but same as you, I got to the end of the ninth. And there was actually still... Because we were 12.30 finishing. So, I still had two and a half hours by the time I had done. And they said, do you want to go again? And I'd already decided, no, yep. this was it. I've yep. hit my goal. I'm done. And then when I got home, I was like, I wonder if you... like Could you have gone again? Mm. But I was the same. I was yeah. just like, no. Nah. Like, nah, that was good. it. Yeah. I was physically done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you learn so much about yourself. <clears throat> and it's that personal sense of achievement that you're like... I know that not many people can do this yeah. and having the mental capacity more so even than the physical capacity to do it. Um, I think the confidence that like I walked away with um, in yourself, um, it was, yeah, it's 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 really something special. It is, yeah. It's a special event. Um, so moving forward. So you've got a bit going on. You're focusing on OCR. So what's happening for the rest of the year? What, what are you? So you're going to do True Grit? True is Grit. Is next thing?
1: Yeah. What's your goal? What do you want to do? Um, look, the goal... Well, last time I did True Grit, I just went in any wave. And we did it as a gym. We went down. We had a great day. And that was exactly what we wanted to do. This year, going elite. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have a crack. I'm going to see see what I can do, see what I'm capable of. So, yeah. training pretty hard for that. Um, I, I suppose the goal deep down would be to try and, you know... Um, get up there and place in it, you know, and be, be top three in the elite. That that would be a great goal for me to achieve. Um, but at the end of the day, just go out and do as best as I can do and have a real dip at it and then spend the day there and enjoy myself and do a few more laps and join in. I think got yep. some friends and family that are doing it, jump in with them, do a couple more laps and, yep. and, and tick over a heap of Ks. And then after that, um, really is just building up my running still. I've got... Probably jump into some more per trail series events. Yeah, but they're I, fun, hey? They are fun, um, and I that that's my favourite style style of running because you go out in a road run, and I'm not sure about you, but like you're sort of looking at your watch, like okay, the K's are ticking over. Get to the 10K mark, 11K mark. In in the out in the nature in the bush in the um, national parks, I don't even look at my watch because it's just too nice out there. And next yep. thing you know, you've just clocked off 15K. You're like, where did that go? It's been so enjoyable out there.
0: I think especially the environments we live in, like, and for someone like me that's on media all the time, just your chance to disconnect and go out yep. into the trails, the bush. I, yep. I, I agree. And, and I enjoy them all. Plus, like, you know, you're going through rocks, you're going through rivers. There's just cool stuff that yep. you're doing.
1: Yeah, so good. So look, after True Grit, um, don't have any major plans at this stage, mm. um, of events, but, um, yeah, I definitely going to keep my eye out for some more obstacle course races and see how true it goes and probably look to do the enduro again next year, I think. You're going to? Yeah, I think so. I think now that I've built that base yes. and I've built that endurance style to it, I think while I can, and while I'm still in that zone, mm. I think I'd like to do it again. I'd like to... I'm going to change up a bit of my training this time and ultra yep. it a little bit. I'm not going to go for as many runs, but I'm going to go for longer runs and be more time on feet.
0: And then um, try and recover a little bit better from those yeah, runs.
1: Yeah, look, and that's easy to say. And I know, uh, you know, I said that after the event, but it comes down to time as well. I mean, you can do those long time time on feet runs on the weekends, but during the week, it's very difficult to do that unless you're willing to get up at three in the morning and do it. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be that. Um, but yeah, nothing major, mate. Just get fit, get fitter, and yeah, I'm really enjoying this running at the moment. So I,
0: I love it, man. Like I said, you like when I met you there, I was just like, yeah, um, Monty's just such a cool guy, and I get to see you on socials much more. And I think that like, you're doing awesome stuff. You're doing some stuff with Ryan from Bodies by Ryan. Yeah. Yep. Um, so except, except outside of coaching here. Um, People can just touch base with you on Instagram. Hey, that's Absolutely. the best place. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, look, I'm, yeah, keen to chat with anyone or, or do a session with anyone. Like, with me, like, um, I'm just a yes, man. I'll just go for it. <laughs> like, just throw something at me and let's do it. Like, I'll, I'll do stupid ideas. I'll do good ideas. I'll do, probably do bad ideas as well. But let's, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to always do something like, you know, if I hadn't been thrown the challenge of doing enduro, you know, i probably just do, been doing the same thing and now I just want like the next thing. You do something like an enduro event, you're always now looking like that's not good enough. We want to do something bigger and better or we want to the next go next thing.
0: Yeah, so my thing is, um, I think I shot your message about it because I was the same and I went away and I was like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I told the um, Ruchi boys I'd do a powerlifting comp afterwards. So yep. I do that and again, got to the end of that. And I'm like, I loved that. It, like same gratification, very different. But what do I do? So I, I want to... There was one I sent to you. There was yes. this crazy Red Bull race. Yeah. yep. I want to tee up a year that we do that yep. in the next um, 12 to 24 months. Super keen. Where we actually go somewhere to do yep. something epic. Yep. yep, Yeah.
1: Super keen. Um, no, nah, that one... Looking at the footage, I know a couple of the guys from Lululemon who are ambassadors. They they do a uh, run club and stuff. They did it this year, and it, yeah. it looked really cool. Like yeah. that is absolute. And then I saw another friend of mine. He just went and did the support career for the Eco Challenge. Have you seen that one? Which is Bear Grylls's. Nice. No. Cha- oh, it's it's apparently it is the hardest race in the world. So they okay. cover over like 160 miles, and they running, abseiling. You know, uh, bike riding, mountain climbing, uh, mountain uh, mountain biking, all throughout. It looks ridiculous. Like, he was... And you have to have a team of four with mixed gender as well. So, okay. there has to be either one male in there or one female in there. Um, but You obviously have to have a, a fair resume to be able to do it as well, to get selected cool. for it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but he was just a support crew and he was training just to be that. Like yeah. it was, yeah, I'll, I'll send you it. it it's, it, I'm gonna you'll have, get it.
0: you'll get excited. I'll get in <laughs> a smirk. So I don't know if I'm going we'll to have do proven one. We'll do Red
1: Bull first. Red Bull, maybe. Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but
0: awesome, Monty. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thanks, for me, man. Oh, man. No we'll worries. put the links for your socials and everything in Sweet. the show notes. Sweet. But check him out. He's doing awesome things and you will see plenty more to come. That's a wrap for episode number 50 of the Perth Fit Fan Podcast with Kim Monteith, aka Monty, aka The Full Monts on Instagram. And for our listeners who are fit and single, we have something coming for you. Fit Fan Finder, the dating app for fitness singles, will be launching a better test starting right here in Perth. So, if you're into fitness, and I'm sure most of you listening to the podcast are, and if you are single and looking for a way to connect with other fitness singles, then we want you to be a part of the launch. So, make sure, go to Instagram and follow FitFam Finder. That's FitFam Finder without an E, so F-I-N-D-R. And click the link in the bio to subscribe to the news and updates so you are kept in the loop with the launch. And also, if you're not single but know fit friends who are, then make sure to share the word so they can be involved in the Fit Fam Finder launch. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And if you did, make sure to jump onto Apple Podcasts and give Perfit Fam a five star review. We love to see your reviews and your feedback. And we also love to see your screenshots on Instagram stories. So make sure to do that so we can share the love too. And for today, that is all. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Perf Fitness Scene to come.